You know, one of the things I love about the vision of KC is we have the opportunity to have lots of guests. I had one of, uh, one of my dear friends, pastors of Mega Church down on the lower 48, said, you know, I watch you guys online when I can and just kind of pay attention to your website and stuff. And he said, man, you have a lot of guests. And, I said, and he said, how come you got so many guests? I said, because we love the body of Christ. And because when you bring guests, people can say things in a way that it's different. And it can touch you in a place that, that you know, only, only they being used by God can touch you. And uh, we're so thankful tonight to have uh, our dear Pastor Sherry Morris, who pastors at Church Trinity Christian Center down in Soldotna, which is probably filling up with lots of people right about now. And uh, such a blessing. Such a blessing to us. Would you please put your hands together? Amen. Wonderful. Bless Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Sherry Morris. May the Lord be praised. Hallelujah. He's worthy of praise. Amen. He's so worthy of praise. I love him so much. I'm thankful to be here tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I see new babies here. I love them. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. He's so worthy. Well, I bring greetings from Soldatna, Alaska. Amen. And of course, you know my name is... Pastor Sherry Morris, and I have been pastoring Trinity Christian Center now for 16 years. Amen. My mom and daddy had started the church. They're the founders of the church. I've been a preacher's kid all my life. Amen. That's all I know. I've been singing and speaking in church and doing things in church since I was two years old. And, um, and God has been good. He's been so good to me, and um, I wanted to thank pastors for having me and being so gracious and having the privilege as a guest speaker in this great church. I feel the presence of God here. I love coming here. It's kind of like coming home, you know, and uh, they've helped raise up some of my kids, and I'm, for that I am thankful. I think Pastor Daniel wanted me to share about some film. Um, Union Bound is in the theaters right now. Uh, it's a Civil War movie. And in the movie, I'm a nurse that leads a soldier to the Lord. And so it is out there. It's not really a faith-based film, but in that film, I was able to lead a soldier to the Lord. And what's so great about it, you know, I prayed. And, you know, I, I was sitting in a van headed to the set. And I don't know if anybody know Oliver Stone, you know who he is. He's a director. His son is, has the lead role in this film named Sean Stone. And so I'm in the van, and I'm just singing praises to God, you know. You know me. I'm just, <clears throat> I'm singing. He says, well, you like to sing, don't you? I said, yeah. But in this film, Sean is the soldier. Uh, Joseph Hoover is uh, his, the part that he plays. And, and um, it's based on a true story. <clears throat> So anyway, he doesn't know that we're putting this play, this part in the, in the film. He has no idea this is not even written in the script, okay? And I had that part of it because I had a, a part of helping 
um, produce the film. So anyway, we go in there, and you know they have the cameras in different angles. And this guy was talking about having astral projection and the new age thing. And I was like, oh, Lord, you know. And so I'm praying, and I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm saying, God, just help me. Help me to be a light in this darkness. And so waiting, you know, it was hot. How many know that Carolinas are hot? Especially in June, you know. And I'm having to wear all these layers of clothes. And I'm sitting under this tree and people are having heat strokes and they're calling ambulances, you know, but I'm, I'm sitting under this tree and I have people coming to me literally and sitting at my feet and saying, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. So in this film, I'm leading this soldier to the Lord and Sean is in the film and he's laying on the floor and he's, you know, he's holding this guy's hand and he's dying, his legs you know, been blown off and, um, or not blown off, I don't know, I guess he would, you know, back then, I guess it was a bomb. So anyway, he's laying there and he's crying out for his mama. And I reach out to him and I say, soldier, have you made your peace with God? Well, I lead him in to the salvation prayer. And as I do, the cameras captured the young man the lead actor repeating the prayer with me. In fact, there were several people on set that repeated the prayer. They said it was so real because it was. I was about my father's business. (laughs) Amen? I was about my father's business. So Tank Jones, this last uh, couple months ago or a month ago, I went to L.A. for the premiere and I met with Tank Jones and, and a lot of these guys. They were in Pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, just a lot of these men. Tank said, Sherry, he said, it was, it's just so amazing to see how God is moving, even in the movie industry, and how God is reaching out. And he just had an interview with Robert Shuler's son with, uh, you know, Crystal Palace. And, yes, and uh, Tank talked about me leading the soldiers the soldier to the Lord, but also the others that had given their heart on set. And so I was excited about that. So to God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I know that we are just right there uh, on the brink of an awakening like we've never experienced in our life. Amen. This month uh, in 1993, Brownsville Revival took place on Father's Day. The Holy Spirit showed up. You know, he can show up when we're taking the offering. He can show up when we're leading worship. He can show up when we begin the, the service in prayer. When he, he can show up whenever he wants to show up. We just have to make room for him to show up. Hallelujah. We have to make room for him. Are you ready to make room for him? Hallelujah. If you turned your Bibles tonight, how many brought their sword? Hallelujah. Do you know it's alive? Do you know it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, that it's powerful? Do you know that? 
Do you know it fillets you in half? It knows everything about you. It knows your thoughts. The intents of your heart. You can't hide anything from God. You might as well be open with him because he already knows you. He made you. He knows everything about you. Now, I'm going to give you a word tonight. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. And when you're there, I want you to say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of Jesus, who is worthy of all praise. Father, we give you praise tonight. We glorify your name. You are my God. You are my King. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change. You are I am that I am. Hallelujah. You are the bright and morning star. You are my God and my King, and I worship you. I'm thankful, Lord, that your mercies are fresh and new every single morning and father if you can save a wretch like that that uh, slave trader lord that wrote amazing grace then you can save a wretch like me oh god i pray your glory and your presence fill this house fill each each person here tonight each vessel here tonight i pray in the mighty name of jesus Hallelujah. Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. The Bible says, say that with me. The Bible says, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man died, also died, and was buried And his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm between us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, please, please, Father Abraham, 
at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen, listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen even if someone rises from the dead. I want you to note that today's text is not just another story. Some mistakenly refer it to as a parable, but it is certainly not. A parable like Jesus often used has no name characters and usually speaks in metaphors and is not actual events. This account is the real account of a man going to hell. Jesus is actually giving us the behind-the-scenes look at eternity. Can I hear an amen? amen? By the way, the title of my text is Three Things in Hell That Every Church Needs. In our text, there are two characters. The one wakes to everlasting comfort and the other opens his eyes to eternal torment. It is sobering to remember that when you die, there are only two destinations to your eternity. There really is a heaven, and there really is a hell. Amen. No one has the right to make that eternal decision except you. You must make that decision while you are living. Amen? An evangelist comes to my church. A couple of them that I hold so dear to me. One of them, Dr. Linfield Crowder. He's on, been on to see Jesus. Daughter, Jesus is coming soon. We had Israel trips together. I think he'd taken over 58 tours to Israel. But he was my mentor. He was my friend. And he would say, eternity, eternity. Where will you spend eternity? And what will you do with Jesus? Another invitation from an evangelist, a dear friend. He said, God voted for you. Satan voted against you. Tonight you cast the deciding ballot. Amen. The first thing I see in hell that we need in our church, are you ready? Number one is tears. Let's turn to Luke 16, 23 and 24. The Bible says, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried. The rich man cried because it was too late. 
The pleasures you may enjoy is doing the wrong thing will pair in comparison to the pain of regret when you will walk throughout eternity not knowing if you had done the right thing. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 19 through 32, I want you to turn there. You got to believe what I'm saying. Because this is not me. This is the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And the Bible is sharper than any sharper, sharpest two-edged sword. Amen? The Bible corrects you. The Bible is your compass in life. Amen? It takes you where you ought to go. It corrects you. It leads you. It guides you. It rebukes you. It encourages you. You need to have a life in the Word and a life in prayer. You're the train and, and the life in the Word and the life in prayer are the railroad tracks and if you eliminate just one you're gonna have a train wreck you need to maintain a life in the word and a life in prayer or you're not gonna make it you're gonna come in the house of God being discouraged you're gonna come in saying all kinds of things you know I pastor and I get people sometimes coming in and they and I'm thinking have you prayed about this don't come to me until you go pray in the Holy Ghost for at least 25 minutes because he's your counselor. Don't waste my time when you can get an answer from the Lord. If you're not in the word and you're not in prayer, then you're not going to feel peace. Woo! Are we okay? Are you strapped in? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 19 through 32. The Bible says, say it with me. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20 says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Verse 23, the Bible says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Verse 25, the Bible says, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. See what the Bible says? Instead, use your hands. Everyone say, use my hands. For good hard work. 
and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Woo! So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Hey! And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, everyone say remember. He has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Woo! Get rid of all bitterness. How many know that the root of bitterness defiles you and everything around you? You know, when somebody's bitter, everything's just, they're in a bad mood about everything. And you know what I think bitterness is like? How many here has ever done yard work? How many of you here has ever had to dig up a dandelion? You know how deep that root goes? And it makes a big hole in your yard, but you got to get the root out or it's going to come up all over the place. That's how I see bitterness. It gets deep and it spreads. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, the Bible says, instead, say instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, if you don't forgive, God cannot forgive you. You got to love me. And I got to love you. Yes. Amen. Love. It's the greatest gift. God is love. Perfect love. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. Amen. Did you know that Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven? Did you know that? Hell is forever. There is no shortening the sentence. There is no time off for good behavior. No one can post bond. No one can buy you out. No one can pray you out. Once you're there, you're there forever. In Matthew, let's turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, verses 12. Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. The Bible says, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When was the last time you wept for the lost in your community? When? I know this is a praying church, but I'm here to remind you. You know you're supposed to pray for believers all over the world? Do you know you're supposed to pray for me in Soldotna, Alaska? Amen. I know you do. Hallelujah. When was the last time you wept, really wept for your community? 
When was the last time the altars in your church were damped with tears as the saints wept for the salvation of their lost children and their families? Oh, God. God, bring back tears to our Pentecostal experience. The second thing in hell that I see is prayer. Luke chapter 16, verse 27, the Bible says, Then he said, I pray. I pray. It is sad that people oftentimes only pray when they are desperate or when it is too late. Prayer is talking to God from a sincere heart. You don't have to be all sophisticated when you pray. You just pray from your heart. And he hears you because he loves you. The Bible says if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. There have been times in my life when I've gone through such heartache. Heartache, sorrow, sadness, death. I lay in my bed. Oh, God, help me. I put on the praise and worship. And all I can say is I praise you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. And his presence comes in and he gives me peace. That peace that passes all understanding. You see, the Bible says when we praise him. What does it say? The Bible says when we praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people. I don't know about you, but the Bible says the battle is already won. When you got Jesus as your back, you can go out to battle and you say, I'm going out to battle, but I already know I won. You still take your sword, you still fight, but when Jesus has your back and you're in prayer, guess what? You've already won the battle. How many go out to battle? How many go out to a football game and say, okay, we already know we're going to win, but we're going to go out to battle? But when you have Jesus and you're living a life in the word and a life in prayer and you have communication with him, he's got your back. Prayer is taking what is in your hand and placing it into God's hands. Acts chapter 4, verses 31. Turn to Acts chapter 4, verses 31. Are we having a good time? I love the Lord. He's so good to me. I love him so much. Acts chapter 4, verses 31, if you're there, say, praise the Lord. The Bible says, not Pastor Sherry, this is what the Bible says. This is the word of God speaking to you, speaking to your spirit. Turn up your spiritual volume. Turn down the world, amen? Turn it up. Say, Lord, speak to me. Acts chapter 4, verses 31, the Bible says, And when they had prayed, 
The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. In James chapter 5 verses 13 through 18. James chapter 5 verses 13 through 18. The Bible says... Are any of you suffering? Is anybody suffering? Any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. That's what the Bible says. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. That's what the Bible says. And the Lord will make you well. Who will make you well? And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. In verse 17, the Bible says Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield his crops. I want to know where the prophets are. I want to know where the prophets are that can speak to the elements and they obey. Where are they? Prayer has great power and produces miraculous results. Can I hear an amen? Are you awake? In Psalms chapter 66, verses 16 through 20, the Bible says, Come and listen, all you who fear God. Are you listening? And I will tell you what he did for me. Now listen, this is awesome. I'm going to start this over. Psalms chapter 66, verses 16 through 20. You've got to have these. Write this one down. Come and listen, all who fear God. And I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help. Praising him. Everyone say praising him. Praising him as I spoke. So he cried out for help. But while he was crying out for help, he was praising him. Because he knows that God inhabits the praises. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. The third thing I see in hell, are you ready? Concern for the lost. In Luke chapter 16, 28, 
the Bible says, For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The rich man immediately realized the importance of missions and evangelism when he was in hell. He cried out, please have someone go and tell my five brothers. People in hell know the importance of reaching the lost and evangelism. Is it, impos is it possible that there is a greater concern for the lost in hell than there is in our modern church? Everywhere you go, when you're driving down the road, when you're going to get your hair done, everyone has a soul. And they're going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. And what are you going to do about it? Do we have a passion for souls? Oh, God, give us a passion for souls. Great men of faith and mission in the past had one thing in common that made them successful in God's eyes. It was a heart that was broken for lost souls. A heart that would pay any price to see souls saved. Oh God, give us a passion for souls. Give us a passion to see them, the saved, those that are lost saved. George Whitfield, the famous English evangelist, said, Oh Lord, give me souls or take my soul. David Brainerd, missionary to the North American Indian, said, Lord, to thee I dedicate myself. Oh, accept me and let me be thine forever, Lord. I desire nothing else. I desire nothing more. John Hunt, a missionary to the Fiji Islands, prayed a prayer upon his dying bed. Lord, save Fiji. Save Fiji. Save these people, oh Lord. Have mercy upon Fiji. Save Fiji. Jim Elliott wrote in his diary, God, I pray thee, light these idle sticks of my life that I may burn for thee. Consume my life, my God, for it is thine. I seek not a long life, but a full one like you, Lord Jesus. In conclusion this evening, there is no neutral with God. Jesus said in his, John's Gospels, either your father is God or your father is the devil. In Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. My prayer today is for America to have a spiritual awakening before the soon return of Christ. Hallelujah. And I know that there must be a spiritual awakening in our churches.
I know there's fire in this church. I know there's an awakening spirit in this church because every time I come here, I feel the presence of God. I know that you worship God. I know that you praise him. I love coming here. I feel so good that my children are here. May it never be said of us. Hell wept for souls, but we did not. Hell prayed for their families to be saved, but we did not. Hell had compassion for the lost and unreached, but we did not. It's okay. Today, if you have unsaved children, grandchildren, or family members, I want you to come and stand at this altar and let's pray in common agreement for their souls. In 2 Peter, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent it is God's will for all to be saved. He said, I am willing that none should perish. Not one. No, not one. Oh, God, save Alaska. Pour out your spirit. Go in each home. Go into the woods where they're hidden. Let your Holy Spirit flow. You said in the last days that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. That your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And that your spirit would move upon the men, servants, and the women. Woo! The women are like, God's going to use them. Oh, Jesus. Nothing's impossible. Two common agreement. Common agreement. I'm going to tell you, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But you must speak positive. The battle's already won. <laughs> when you come in agreement, the Lord will go after them. Do you know my kids will all prophesy? Sarah will prophesy. Houston will prophesy. Nate will prophesy. Sarah, Sheree will prophesy because the Bible said your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's a word. Alaska will be saved. Our children will be saved because he's not slow about his promise.
we come in agreement tonight. I'm going to come in agreement for your families. I'm going to come in agreement for your uncles and aunts. I'm going to come in agreement for your spouses. I'm going to come in agreement for your cities, for those that are down and out, for the drug addicts that need God, that when they come in their church, they come in uh, all high, but they go out clean and they'll never want it again. They come in sick and diseased, but they leave healed and clean because the Bible says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. Father, tonight I come in agreement with every vessel here, every soul here, that our families will be saved. Our friends will be saved. Alaska will be saved. I pray you would open up the windows of heaven, Lord, and those that are preaching the pure, unadulterated Word of God. They're speaking the truth like Nathan would speak to David, that they would see those that are maybe walking, Father God, in, as a Jezebel or a, a strong spirit that's not right. I pray that they would raise up and be able to speak the truth and set these people free in the mighty name of Jesus. Heal us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. And those that may be going through a wilderness time, I guarantee you, if you spend some time in the morning giving your day to the Lord in prayer and in the Word, He will meet you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Can I lay hands on him and pray? Pastor Sherry is going to come and minister to you. Flow in the Holy Ghost and prophesy. But before she does, would you just return to your seats for a moment? We want to bless her.
having a little challenge with my eye tonight and I had to excuse myself. And in doing that, I think I overheard somebody say, I think she just told me I'm going to hell. Yeah, she did. If you're convicted of that, that's right. See, many times in churches you'll hear some watered-down version of the gospel. You didn't hear that tonight. We endeavor to give you the truth, unadulterated, straight shot. If you're offended, it's because you got something on the inside of you that's gotten offended. So I would suggest instead of swallowing the understanding that you're going to hell, that's a gift that God gave you if you're having that understanding because that's not His plan for you. His plan for you is go to heaven. Isn't that right, Pastor Sherry? And that's why I preach a message like that. Stir the church to pray. Stir the church to tears and to convict people. Heaven was created for you. Hell was created for the devil and his minions. It wasn't created for man. But if you deny the Lord, that is place where you'll end up. And it's not His will, it's your choice. Come on, we're going to bless, we're going to bless Pastor Sherry. She's come all the way from Soldatna. And we, it's just been, we waited too long to have you to come preach. You have to come back. Come on, what a blessing. Put your hands together for her, won't you? Ushers, would you come? And let's sing Amazing Grace one more time. And, uh, before we do, we'll pray. Let's pray a blessing on her and the church down there, Trinity Christian Center. Just so thankful for you and for your family. This is Sheree's mama. Where's Sheree? Is she in here somewhere? All right, there's Ray Ray. All right. Sheree and Jared. God, we thank you. Pastor Karen, would you join us on the platform? Come on, let's just pray a blessing over her and the, the ministry there. And Lord, we're so thankful for the Morrises. Lord, and for the rich heritage of faith that they have and that they, for their family, for their children, their grandchildren. And Lord, we just thank you for Trinity Christian Center and the great things that you're doing down there, using that church to impact that region. Father, we're asking God that you'd continue to give them the gift of faith, leadership, wisdom. God, you're perfect vision that you've given them for that church. God, you would fulfill it. You would fulfill it. We thank you for all the leaders. We thank you for all the people that are in the congregation, every single person. And God, we ask that you just continue to grow and prosper that church in every way. Lord, bless them. Bless them. Release all that's in your heart to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. We're going to sing Amazing Grace just one more time. And when, as soon as Pastor Sherry begins to sing, if you need to get right with God or you need prayer, you get out of your seat. Come on, stand up all across this place. Stand up. If you need to be up here, if you realize you're headed to hell, well, for God's sake, don't leave this place that way. Get right with God. Come on, get right with God. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Come on, as soon as she begins to sing, come on, worship team. If that's you, you want prayer, you need to get right with God wherever you're at. Come on, come. Come on, come. Come on, get out of your seat. Come right now. You need prayer. You need to get right with God tonight. Save the rest. Come on, come to Jesus.
light shine. Thank you for your word, a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. If you need to get right with God, whether you be online or in the congregation or up front here, just pray this prayer right out loud. And those of you that are walking with Him, come on, affirm your faith. Pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place. Thank you that he rose again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, come, fill, touch, bless. Thank you that there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Thank you that you made a way for us. We surrender to you afresh tonight. In Jesus' name. We're going to continue to worship. But we'll close the service. If you want to slip out, feel free. If you want to stay in worship, want some prayer, come on up front. We'll close. We'll hope to see you Wednesday night. Minister Tim Capo, soon to be Pastor Tim here in a couple months. He'll be made a pastor. He'll be preaching. Great preacher. Don't miss Wednesday night. Let's close. Father, we thank and praise you for what you've done. Pastor Sherry and the blessing she's been to us. We ask God as we go and as we stay for your blessing to be 
poured out upon us this week, that you'd give us boldness to reach into the highways and byways, that we'd compel people to come Wednesday, compel people to come on Sunday. God, that you would do a great thing, even fulfill the declaration that we've been making. Alaska, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be saved. Now bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, give them peace. God bless you. If you can have fellowship uh, outside as we continue to minister here, Pastor Alex, would you lead us in a song or something? God bless you. Praise God. We've come to join the song. Some long before. Praises of a thousand generations, you are worthy, Lord of all. And unto you, the slain and risen King, we lift our voice with heaven, singing worthy, Lord of life we lead and on to eternity our endless praise will cry Jesus be glorified Jesus Jesus be to 